Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. Thank you for listening to this episode today. And thank you for always listening. I appreciate all of the fun feedback that I get and all of the DMs that I get from you about when you listen to this podcast and how you listen to it. I had someone recently who said that she listens to it while she's in her infrared sauna. And I love that because (laughs) I love that you're doing something so healthy and taking care of your body and your mind and also educating yourself on the world of health and wellness and biohacking. So I encourage you to do that and way to go. Props, props from me on that. I got back from my mini vacation that I went on yesterday and I'm feeling very, very renewed and restored and mentally in a good place. And I was kind of at, it wasn't too overworked or too overstressed before we left. We just have a lot going on. And my husband and I were both sick right before we left. And then his grandfather passed away. So he had to fly home to where his family is suddenly. And I was left alone, which is fine. you know. And then he came back the day before we left. And it was just a lot of moving parts all at once in one week. So taking time away was phenomenal. And we really got to just be. We stayed at a beautiful resort called Pacific Sands in Tofino. And it's right on the ocean. So you like open the door and you're literally on the beach. And it was awesome just to be so in nature, like so unplugged. You know, you're not completely off grid. Obviously, there's Wi-Fi and that type of thing. but you just feel phenomenal. Like you wake up and you open up the blinds and you're watching the sunrise over the ocean and you're exposed to all of the healthy bacteria that comes from the ocean and the negative ions from the moving water, from the waves and the lack of people and traffic and noise and pollution. It was beautiful and my soul and my body felt so restored. and. Every day we did long walks on the beach. I mean, it rained a ton, so the weather wasn't super great, but we did long walks on the beach and I think I averaged like 15,000 steps a day while I was there and it was beautiful. And my dog Moose just got to be off leash, which he loved. So he's in and out of the water and it was just so needed and I just feel a million times better. So thankful for the opportunity to do that. I did a new photo shoot for my new course coming out and some new website photos and probably a new podcast logo again. And that was really fun. And so it was, it was great. It was like, just, just so good. And today we are doing a solo episode and I am going to get into all of the different ways to biohack different parts of your life. So this is kind of an updated version of this. I probably did something similar last year or the year before, but I thought that this is kind of one of those episodes that you might think you know a lot about your morning routine or how to biohack your bedroom, something like that. But sometimes when you listen to what other people do and you get ideas, you can kind of see that, oh, there's, there is more that you can do and there are more things that maybe you haven't thought about. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. Before I dive in, a shout out to Neurohacker. I talked about them last week, actually. I talked about their 
very potent, very popular nootropic, which is a supplement designed to enhance your brain function. But one of their other ones that I really love is called Qualia Senolytic. And this is a really cool supplement because you actually only take it twice a month, like two days out of the month. And it optimizes getting rid of all of the sluggish dead cells that's going on, your senescent cells. And so I've talked about them on my podcast before, but I just think what they're doing is really cool in terms of helping people age better, in terms of you know optimizing longevity, and how do we get rid of these old sluggish cells to make room for new ones? And there's a lot of things that you can do But now we're starting to see this class of supplements come out called Senolytics that really focus on doing this through supplement form. And Neurohacker has one of the most potent ones out there. So I've taken this supplement multiple times. I do it not every single month because it's not designed like that. So I do it like once every quarter, I will take a couple of them. So I'll do like one month out of the quarter. And really to just give my body that cellular turnover, that cleanup, that fresh start that it needs. So a lot of people report feeling, you know, 15 years younger on this or just more energized. I feel very similar. I don't know about the 15 years younger part because I 15 years ago I was 15. So I don't know. I think... I don't know. I arguably I feel better today than I did at 15. So I don't know if that applies to me, but a lot of people do report that. And so I think it's awesome to see that. And you can definitely check that out. The Qualia Senolytic product is awesome. It is such a biohacker supplement. Like, let's be real. It's very longevity focused. And I think that's why it's so popular. So you actually get 15% off, which is crazy. And you can go to neurohacker.com slash Brittany. And that's Brittany spelled B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. I think if you listen to the show, you know that because it's in the logo, it's in the name, Biohacking with Brittany. But yes, you get a 15% off and you actually can get a discount on all of Neurohacker's products. So I have a bunch of their stuff that I've used. Like I said, I use their Nootropic and now I also use their Synalytic. I've been using it probably for a year and I, I think they're phenomenal. And I'm actually gonna bring their team on someone from their team to do another podcast episode so we can dive deep into the science behind it so you guys can kind of get more information and more data and science. And I also want to talk about bioptimizers. You know, especially last week when I was sick, I think we had a sinus infection, my husband and I. And I, every day I was like, are you taking your probiotics? Like, We need to be taking two probiotics per meal right now when we're not feeling great. And the probiotics that we use are the ones from Bioptimizers. They are the best. They are very potent. It's probably the only probiotic I've used in the last two to three years. And they're my go-to, as well as magnesium to help with sleep and also digestive enzymes. So anytime we're on the road, we do a road trip, we travel, I always take digestive enzymes with me. I have a, I actually have a container in my car that always lives there because you never know when you need food. And sometimes the options aren't great and you can try to be as prepared as you can be, but hey, life happens. And so if you are going to eat something that, you know, is takeout or processed food, digestive enzymes with that really reduces the negative side effects of that and they help digest your food. 
So they're little coenzymes. There's ones designed for fat, protein, all the different sugars. And this just helps reduce the burden on your gut. So if you have any digestive issues at all, you really, really should be taking a probiotic and a digestive enzyme every single day. And I, like I said, bioptimizers is the best. I, I don't think I would recommend anybody else. I've, <laughs> I've been using them for so long. All of my family and my friends use them as well because they are my go-to. Okay, let's dive into this episode. We are going to go deep on biohacking different things. So we're going to talk about biohacking your morning routine, midday, evening routine. And then we're going to talk about biohacking your work environment, your bedroom, and your car, which is maybe something I actually haven't talked about a lot. So I'm excited to like talk about all the things that I'm doing and what I recommend. And of course, I will 100% link all of this in the show notes and on my website. This episode is probably going to have a bunch of links in it of the products that I have, just so it's super easy for you. Some of the stuff I get on Amazon, so I will link exactly the product that I have on Amazon for you so that you can go and grab it if you want. All right, let's start with biohacking your morning routine. So I think when we think about a routine, one of the most important parts is waking up at the same time every single day. I don't want to wake up at 5.30 sometimes and 6.30, 7.30, 8.30, 9.30. We really want to create a same time frame every single day. And this is the same thing when we talk about sleep and going to bed and an evening routine. We want to regulate the circadian rhythm. And one of the ways you can do that is through waking up at the same time every day. Now, you might have to start with an alarm clock to kind of get this into motion. But once your body adjusts and you stick to it, I personally find that I don't use an alarm clock and I wake up within the same half an hour, 45 minutes every day. I'm okay with that time buffer. I also don't have to go anywhere, (laughs) to be honest. I work from home. So it's pretty easy for me to not have to worry about having to, you know, catch a bus or be inside an office or a school or anything like that at a certain time. But I think that is really important is like, let's try to create a specific routine. And then you can base the time that you wake up on based on your morning routine. How much time do you need before you start your day? How much time do you need before you get going? Like, wh- like, what do you really need? Do you need an hour? Do you need an hour and a half? Do you need 10 minutes? I don't know. So just really, really being cognizant of the time that you're waking up. I find as well, there is a bit of a seasonal change with this. So for me, I wake up earlier in the summer for sure. Like I can wake up at five and be ready to go for the day. Right now, I'm definitely sleeping in more, like 6.37. It's dark. It's The sun isn't up that early yet. So I think that is fine. And I think if there's something beautiful, beautiful to be said about living in rhythm with nature like that. I think there's a lot of power to that. So try to wake up at the same time every day. Have you heard about Synalytics yet? It is a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago, and they're being called the biggest discovery of our time for promoting healthy aging and enhancing your physical prime. So you know that I absolutely had to get my hands on this. Your goals, your life goals, and your career and beyond require a lot of productivity. I feel that and you feel that. 
But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I started using Qualia Synalytic. As we age, we all kind of acquire these cells in our body that are called senescent cells. They cause symptoms of aging that we both feel. Aches, pains, slow workout recovery, sluggish mental and physical energy, and everything kind of associated with that. They're also known as zombie cells. Basically, they're old and worn out and not serving as useful of a function as they once did. So we can take something like qualiocenolytic, which helps remove these worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of our cells to absolutely thrive. And one of the best parts is that you actually only need to take this supplement two days out of a month. So I like to do this once every quarter. So I'll do one month every quarter where I take these supplements just to really clean out the house, to sweep out all of the old zombie cells and really create space for the healthy new ones to absolutely thrive. And you can do the same. You can resist aging at a cellular level just like I am by using Qualia Synalytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Brittany for up to $100 off and use my code Brittany at checkout for an additional 15% off, which is huge. That's neurohacker.com slash Brittany spelled B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y for an extra 15% off your purchase. Let me know what you think. It's also linked right on my website in the show notes. So it's super easy for you to use. Next would be hydrate with a glass of water. We want to just take a pause before we caffeinate, before we have coffee, before we have food, anything like that. Let's have a glass of water, ideally room temperature. I know there's so many people out there who love cold water, but cold water can be really tough on your digestion and your gut and kind of stall it a little bit versus warm water or body temperature water, room temperature water that is easier on your gut health in general. So I have a glass of water and I don't do these in any kind of specific order. Like I think you can kind of move these around, but this is just kind of like a checklist almost that will happen basically every morning. So glass of water, we want to hydrate. You know, you just slept for seven to eight hours. And so you wake up dehydrated. We have to replenish the body after that. And a really easy way to do this is to simply put the glass of water beside your bed on your bedside table. So when you wake up in the morning, when you see it, it's right there. So you get up, grab your water, chug it, drink it, head to the bathroom. That's so, so easy to do. I love to do that. I think I just drink it on my way when I'm walking to the bathroom and continue drinking it while I'm doing these other steps. And I think it's really easy. I typically don't add anything to it. I think if you wanted to enhance the water, you could, you could add electrolytes, but I wouldn't add anything other than that. I don't think you need amino acids. I don't think you need, I mean, some people are into hydrogen water, so you could add a hydrogen tablet, but I don't really necessarily think it's needed. I think it's great and I think it adds to it, but I don't think it's needed. So then I go into the bathroom and then I like to focus on my oral hygiene and I recommend you do this as well. So I use a tongue scraper. I have been using a tongue scraper for so long 
maybe like six years now, five, six years. And I think I have the same one. It's phenomenal. So I have one that is made out of copper and I will link from where the company, I'm blanking right now on the company's name for it, but it's really, really easy to use. And for those who don't know what a tongue scraper is, it's essentially a piece of metal, ideally metal, not plastic, that is in the shape of a V or a U. And you hold the both ends of it and you scrape down your tongue and you get rid of all of that bacteria and I guess like uh, spit, whatever you want to call it, that has accumulated there overnight. This is actually a Ayurvedic or Ayurvedic practice and it really helps for multiple things. So during the night, on our tongue, we are actually detoxing through our mouth. And so that is that accumulation of typically bad, more bad bacteria than good that kind of sits on the tongue. It's that like white gunk that you see. And so then when, when we use a tongue scraper, we're just scraping all of that off so that it's not then sitting in the mouth for the rest of the day, you know, being reabsorbed or anything like that. So I get rid of all of that. And it's, it's one of those habits that actually, once you start it, you won't stop it because it feels so good. And then you realize how gross it is to not do that in the morning and just to go about your day without like cleaning out all of that gunk that might be sitting there. When I am at my healthiest, I definitely notice a less amount or a smaller amount of gunk on my tongue. And yeah, it's definitely less, I mean, this is, you know, very specific, but it's less gra- less thick and just a smaller amount. So I tongue scrape, I kind of clean the, the scraper off. I leave it on my counter so it dries before putting it away. And then I just like wash out my mouth with water. This is a very Ayurvedic Eastern medicine thing to do. And it really just sets you up for a healthier oral hygiene situation. Then what I do is I splash cold water on my face. So I wash my face with cold water in the morning. I do not use hot water. I do not use warm water. I have the tap set to the coldest possible function. This is because, especially right now in the the winter, hot water really dries out my skin. It really, really dries out my skin. I notice my skin is like tighter it's red. It's not happy with me. So cold water does not do this. Additionally, we are getting some cold water therapy in right in the morning. That cold exposure, you know, say it's like 15 seconds that you're just like splashing your cold water on your face or you're dunking your cold water, your face in the cold water in the sink. That is actually giving you a ton of blood flow and stimulation and you know, all of the oxygen and nutrients that come with that in your blood to the surface of your skin, which is phenomenal for your skin. So I just splash my face with cold water. It's very cold. And then I dry it off. During this time, you know, after that, I typically typically finish my glass of water. And then I will add whatever skincare routine that I'm doing. Right now, my skincare routine is pretty basic because my skin is feeling very dry in the winter. I'm using tallow. Uh, like beef, organic beef tallow. I will link that. It's also from Amazon. And that is what I just put on as my moisturizer. 
and it helps the most. So I'm kind of going light on like a lot of products right now because again, I just react to things and I think less is more. And so that's my morning product that I like to use. And then I'm kind of ready for the day in terms of my face. So, you know, I'm hydrating, my tongue is scraped, my skin is ready to go. Obviously, I'll do the other things that are pretty like basic human things to do. Go to the bathroom, brush out my hair, put it up, do whatever I'm doing with my hair, get dressed, those types of boring things. That's not necessarily biohacking your routine. Then what I do is I will make a cup of tea or coffee. And right now I'm very much on a, right now I am very much on a Earl Grey tea kick for whatever reason. So I'm kind of taking a break from coffee and I will drink this and make this and then go out for my morning walk most days. This is not every single day, but this is most days. So I love doing this. I have been doing this for so long that it's really, really ingrained in my brain right now that I wake up and I exercise, which is really phenomenal. And there are so many benefits here to talk about. So getting natural light first thing in the morning is helping to set your circadian rhythm. When you set your circadian rhythm, you're able to regulate and balance your hormones better. This is very important for women and men but very important for women, even for your sex hormones, when we're talking about your menstrual cycle and everything like that, like all of those hormones are actually related. So we're optimizing your cortisol spike, your cortisol hormonal path, where your cortisol is highest in the morning and lowest at night by getting outside your eyes, seeing the natural light, soaking that in and you benefiting really from that. So I always recommend people go outside, get natural light first thing in the morning. Even if it's raining or snowing, it's still better than being bombarded with a bunch of blue light at home, inside. Then we can also talk about the other benefits that come with this. So you are, you know, outside, you're getting all that healthy bacteria in the air from the wind. You know, I'm assuming that there's some sort of nature close to you whether it's trees or a lake or an ocean, anything like that, you're getting all that healthy bacteria on your skin. You're also getting all those healthy negative ions. Negative ions make us feel really good. You feel negative ions when you walk on the beach, when you're standing next to a waterfall, those type of things. So that is also what you're getting exposed to. And then we also have exercise. So as you probably know, there are so many endorphins that are released during exercise. And endorphins are the good hormones, the good feeling, I love my body, I love life hormones that we can feel. So I also think that if you can only do five minutes of exercise, if you can only do 10 minutes, I think that's better than nothing. If you can only get up, and walk your dog around the block, good job. Seriously, good job. Like that is better than going and, you know, going on your phone and scrolling for five minutes. 100% that's better than that. So I really, really recommend you do that. For me, it typically looks like some sort of longer walk with my dog. It's about 45 minutes and I will usually like 9.9 times out of 10, I will listen to a podcast. So I kind of 
stack these biohacks together because the the podcasts I listen to, most of them are health related. If they are not health related, (laughs) I actually listen to a bunch of, I guess, like reality TV podcasts. You know, I guess that's what it would be called. And my reasoning behind that is that sometimes my brain, I need to just be in a zone of less thinking, less, yeah, less learning, less education, and more entertainment. This is easy listening. I'm going for a stroll with my dog before getting into a heavy day. So sometimes I kind of need that stupid, funny, light podcast to kind of help me with that. I also, just on this note, I, I made a TikTok about this today. I only use wired headphones, so I do not use Bluetooth headphones for this. And I only ever have one headphone in. And then it's on a wire and it connects to my phone. And then my phone is on airplane mode. So this reduces how much EMF I'm exposed to. I don't like the idea of bombarding my body with EMF while I'm walking in the forest kind of feels counterintuitive to me. So I just download the podcast episode, put my phone on airplane mode, put that one headphone in, and then I have my other ear out. I do that because I've noticed that if I have only one headphone in, I feel calmer and more connected to my environment around me, which makes me feel better. So I can hear the birds chirping. I can hear if there's a bicycle coming, that type of thing. So it's like a safety component. But most of it is out of this idea of I really just want to feel and hear nature, but I don't necessarily just want to walk in silence alone for 45 minutes. So this is kind of my in-between that I do. So that is what I would recommend. I, I guess like the other component to this is like you can come back from your exercise and then make your breakfast. Do you know if you're getting enough magnesium? Because four out of five Americans aren't. And that's a big problem because magnesium is involved in more than 300 biochemical reactions in your body. Today, I want to talk to you about the most common signs to look for that could indicate you're magnesium deficient. Listen carefully to the end because there's a special offer happening and this could be exactly what you need. Okay, here we go. Are you irritable or anxious? Do you struggle with insomnia? Do you experience muscle cramps or twitches? Do you have high blood pressure? Are you sometimes constipated? There are dozens of symptoms of magnesium deficiency, so these are just a few of the most common ones. Now, here's what most people don't know. Taking just any magnesium supplement won't solve your problem because most supplements use the cheapest kinds that your body can't use or absorb. That's why I exclusively recommend Magnesium Breakthrough. It's the only full-spectrum magnesium supplement with seven unique forms of magnesium that your body can actually use and absorb. All Bioptimizer supplements are best in class, which is why I use them. If for some reason you feel differently, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. They are so confident that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. Just go to bioptimizers.com slash biohackingbrittany. In addition to the discount you get by using my promo code biohackingbrittany, you get gifts with your purchase. That's right. You actually get gifts up to two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough. 
So act fast. This is a limited time offer. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash biohackingbrittany. Use my code. It's linked in my show notes on my website and start taking your magnesium today. For the breakfast, you know, we really, really want to make sure that we are getting enough protein, healthy fats, and fiber in there. So you want to avoid processed cereal, processed oats, or anything that's high sugar or high carbohydrate. We want to add in protein. Now, some people are really specific on this. They'll say, you know, everyone should start their morning with 20 to 30 grams of protein. I think that's a great benchmark. I think 20 grams is a, ba- a great benchmark and you can go for that. For me, I don't necessarily count macros, but I am very aware of balancing my meals. So for example, a lot of my breakfasts look like right now, they look like grass-fed organic yogurt, which is like cow yogurt, legit yogurt, or goat yogurt, if I can, if I can get it which is a great source of healthy fat and protein and actually healthy bacteria. Then I will add local baked granola to that. So it does have oats in it, which isn't the best, but doesn't have preservatives in it, doesn't have anything added to it. So it's kind of like my in-between because it's this like little local company that I buy it from. So I use that and then I will add a ton of berries, organic berries just for the antioxidants for from that and just to get some fruit in. And then sometimes I will add in Timeline Nutrition's berry powder, mitopure powder. And that is awesome because it adds so much energy to my morning. And I'm pretty addicted to those things. So I will definitely link that in the show notes. I do have a discount code if you want to try that. That is a very powerful supplement. It's urolithin A and it essentially boosts the power of your mitochondria and your cells. And it gives you energy. It's actually proven to give you a ton more of energy than caffeine ever can. So that's kind of how I load up my morning bowl. I think it's pretty balanced in terms of protein, fat, and carbohydrates. I am aware. Yeah, I'm just like cautious of adding anything extra to it, but that is what I do. And so that's kind of what I recommend for you. I think you could also go through it like go about this in a very savory way. Like you could do a couple of eggs, an avocado, maybe some homemade sourdough bread, and maybe some like a small salad on the side or anything like that. Or you could do a chia pudding. Chia pudding's great for protein and fat. You could also do a smoothie. I personally am not always a smoothie girl. I don't like how cold they are especially in the winter. And so cold food doesn't jive with me. You know, it's again, a very Ayurvedic thing is to eat warmer, nourishing foods in the winter and cooler, energizing foods in the summer. And that's very much how I typically just like how my cravings or my preferences kind of go is like in that natural way. But there's a lot you can do. And I'm going to do some more episodes on this soon. I like the idea of people who batch cook, batch cook things like healthy burritos so that you can have something that you just heat up every day and it's frozen and you make like 20 of them, something like that, or a breakfast wrap or something, something that is easy, but it hits those markers of like protein, healthy fat, fiber, 
healthy probiotics in there somehow, vegetables, you know? And I, I just think that's a smart idea. So be very cautious of how you start your morning with the food that you choose. This is because if you choose something that is high carbohydrate or high or is processed, processed food, you are going to have an energy dip within an hour after eating that. And you're going to feel it. So you're going to want another cup of coffee. You're going to want a piece of fruit or chocolate bar or granola bar, whatever it is. And that is because your blood sugar is now irregulated and it is it has spiked and now it's dropped. And so you're feeling sluggish already by 10 a.m. and you're reaching for that next thing. When you add in healthy fat and enough protein, it helps to balance your blood sugar. So you really don't need to be doing that. You know, when you add in that stuff, even if, like say even if you have a smoothie and you swap almond milk for full fat grass-fed yogurt, you are getting so much fat, more healthy fat in that smoothie now that you are now going to have less of a spike of energy. You will still be energized, but it's going to be over a longer period of time and more of a stable curve. And you're going to have less of a drop, which is exactly what we want. So whenever I see my husband making smoothies, because he is like a protein shake smoothie guy, I always say, hey, where's your healthy fat? Because he'll add the protein powder. He uses the protein powder from Bioptimizers. I'll link it for you. It's the best. It's got probiotics in it. He adds in dates. He adds in banana. He adds in peanut butter. Mind you, peanut butter has some fat in it. I don't think it's enough. And I always say, look, you stop using that. (laughs) You stop using that almond milk and put that yogurt in there, please. Or add avocado or coconut, you know, coconut milk or frozen coconut, anything like that. So that is what I would recommend. So that is the morning routine. I think, I hope that has given you some inspiration of like something else you can do. A couple of other things that I would add in there that I don't necessarily do every single day would be something like mindfulness or meditation. This could be something like saying mantras, having five minutes of visualization before you get out of bed, meditating on your day, or anything like that of what you want out of the day. The other thing you could do is stretching. I think stretching is beautiful. This is part of my goals for this year is actually, actually is to get better at stretching as in more frequently. When I tell you that I have thought about stretching more so many times and I listened to a Andrew Huberman podcast on stretching and the research behind it. And I was kind of shocked and a little frustrated with myself that I don't stretch more because it, your body only gets tighter and more wound up as you get older. And so I really need to be making it more of a daily routine. And I I have some plans for that coming this year, which I'm excited about. For example, we are moving to a house where we are building a home gym. And I am so excited because this home gym is going to be beautiful and stretching will be a major component of this. I guess the other thing that I can add in here, which I didn't have on my notes before we move on, is My husband and I actually just started doing this and maybe this will be a little bit of inspiration for you if you have a partner in your life. We have a very set evening routine that we do for our relationship, but we have recently actually added a morning component to it. 
And I'll get to the evening part in a second when we get to that section. But I was thinking, I was like, okay, so we have this great like gratitude evening routine. But what if we added something similar in the morning that kind of like set us up for the day? So what we do now is we start the day or whenever we see each other, because sometimes we wake up at different times. We, the idea is that it starts like the trigger for the habit is one of us passing a drink to somebody else. So sometimes I will make his coffee. Sometimes he will make me tea or he will pass me my water, anything like that. Like that is kind of the trigger for the habit. And then we will say buenos dias, which is good day in Spanish. And then we will say, what is your number for today? Or sometimes we speak in Spanish. So we will say, my Spanish is not that great. So key es tu numero. And then we will say the number in Spanish. And as in, what is your number for the day on a scale of one to 10? So you woke up this morning. How are you feeling? Are you feeling like a seven? Are you feeling like a three? Where are you at? And the reason that we started doing that that part was because if he wakes up and he says, I'm a five, and I'm like, oh, okay, like you're five today. Wow. Okay. What do I, how can I make your day better? What do I need to think about? so that I can support you. And also like, if I'm having a hard day, let me remember where you started your day at so that I am not hard on you or say anything, right? It's kind of this like communication tool, this way that we can check in about how the person is feeling without going deep into like, how are you feeling today? Why are you feeling like that? You know, we don't really want to have that conversation in the morning. We just want to check in. And we started with the idea of like making a hot drink or a drink for somebody else, because this is one of the five languages of love, which is acts of service. So you pass the drink to somebody and it's like, hey, here's your drink. Like, here's this thing that I'm doing for you. The other person says, thank you. So we're practicing that gratitude right away. We go through our numbers. I'm feeling like this because of this. I'm feeling like this because of this. And then we'll kiss and that is like another language of love, which is physical touch. And so I feel like it's just a beautiful, really quick, really easy way to start the day. And the reason that I brought it in in general, we've been doing it for probably a month now, is because I noticed that he would get up an hour after me and I would be back from my walk or doing something else. And I would already be working on my phone or texting people or doing whatever thing. And he would be slowly waking up and and in a different zone. And then he would go to work. And it kind of felt like we we didn't connect. Like we didn't have this moment of, hey, good morning. How are you? Like, I hope today's a great day for you. Like we just didn't have that moment. And so now this routine has like created this moment for us, even if it's three minutes. And I just think that's important. And I think it's really beautiful to have that moment of gratitude and communication with your partner. So I would recommend doing something like that if you are interested. Okay, next, biohacking your midday. So this is like very much, I guess this is Monday to Friday, but this could also very much be on the weekend. And this is applicable if you work at home, if you go to school, if you work in an office, everywhere you are. I am going to talk about biohacking your work environment in a second. So this is more of like the time of day versus like your physical environment around you. 
So we really want to make sure that you are drinking enough water. Hydration is so, so key. Right now, I'm trying to do a gallon of water a day, which is a ton, which is 3.8 liters. And I add in all sorts of things. Sometimes I just have it plain. Sometimes I'll add in electrolytes or I will add in different protein powders, amino acids. I have the amino acids from Keon, which is Ben Greenfield's company. I love them. They're actually my favorite amino acids. The taste is really, really on par. So it's just great. It's a great product. I will link that. I will link the electrolytes I use. I have the ones from Element. I also have the ones from Noon. So I really, I really like switch up my electrolytes. So that's kind of that take. But this really, really helps me make sure I get in enough water during the day. Water is so, so key. When you are not drinking enough, your brain isn't functioning. You can get headaches. You can feel tired. You can feel hungry, but maybe you're actually thirsty. It shows up in your skin and how hydrated your skin is, your hair, everything like that. So hydration is key. During the day, there's so many ways to kind of bring this habit in. What we can do is use water bottles, like so basic. Have a water bottle in your car. Have one at your desk. Get a glass, nice water bottle. Again, I will link the one that I have. I have the hydro jug, which is glass and it has silicone wrap around it. The straw is plastic. I have yet to see a glass water bottle with a glass straw. For obvious reasons, I'm just assuming it breaks too much. You can get something like a Stanley cup, which is metal. However, apparently these Stanley cups might have lead in them now. So I've kind of put mine on pause until I've done more research into that, which is always kind of a concern when you are having a metal water bottle. So I think glass is the best. You also get like ceramic ones too, but glass is kind of my go-to. And I, I really recommend you have that water bottle everywhere you go. Take it with you. Have glasses of water at your desk. Have them, like I said, have a water bottle in your car. We actually have, we keep water in our car. It is in plastic water bottles. I know, I know. It's honestly, it's our emergency supply if something were to happen. So they kind of have to be able to be squished and put anywhere in the car. So it's not super, super great, but I always have water in the car if I need it anyone in in the car, my dog needs it. So enough water is key. And then we also want to make sure that we're getting enough protein and healthy fat again throughout the day. So if you're having a snack, I want you to look down at your food and think, where's the protein in this and where's the fat? And if you don't know, just Google it, just research it, right? So say you're eating an apple, which is obviously an all natural food and is high in fructose, which is the fruit sugar molecule, and carbohydrates. Now, this is going to spike your blood sugar quite high. But what happens if we add, you know, a nut butter to it, like an almond butter or a cashew butter or peanut butter if you don't have anything else? These nut butters have a lot of healthy fat and protein in them. We want to make sure when we're choosing nut butters that we are choosing ones that don't have anything added to them. So no added salt and no added sugar. When you look at the ingredients, it should just say like peanuts, almonds. That's that's it. That's all that should be in there. And ideally not roasted either. 
This is kind of what I would recommend. I love macadamia nuts, macadamia nut butter. I've made my own before. It's probably my favorite nut butter. It is so expensive because macadamia nuts are so expensive, but macadamia nuts are very high in healthy fat. So I personally switch it up. I will go like I will do an organic all natural peanut butter, or I will do a same thing for almond butter or a cashew butter. There's one called rainforest butter, which is like, I think it's cashew, Brazil nuts and coconut butter. So I'll do that one because I also want the different minerals and different amounts of protein and fat that come from these. And I think it's healthy to have a diverse diet. So I'll switch that up and I'll have it with an apple, a banana. I don't really eat bananas very often because I find they're too sweet, but different apples or pears as well. I kind of swap between those two. So that's an example of how you can get more protein and more healthy fat in very easily. Another really great idea is to create or bake something at home that you bring with you to work. So something that has a, you know, healthy amount of these things in it, like a muffin or energy balls, energy balls that have protein powder added to them or healthy fats in them. Again, I actually just found a recipe. I can attach it. I will link it to this. I will link it to this show notes. I haven't made them yet. Maybe I'll make them tonight. But it is, let me read it to you, peanut butter protein cookies. So again, I was thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, I love peanut butter cookies. But then I was like, man, even when you make peanut butter cookies and they're paleo, you're still looking at like not a lot of protein in them. So then I started thinking, okay, like I'm sure there's people out there who've created protein cookie recipes. So the ingredients in this are, you know, natural peanut butter, eggs, eggs obviously have great protein in them coconut oil, great fat. Then it is a vanilla pea protein powder. So then you're just getting all of that really dense protein right in that protein powder. Some sort of sugar. Uh, This person is using um, erythritol, which is a sugar alcohol, alcohol sugar, baking powder, and uh, sugar-free chocolate chips. So I will link that in the show notes. I'll probably make them tonight now that I'm being reminded of that recipe. But thinking about doing something like that so that we're supporting healthy blood sugar levels throughout the day and you're not crashing, you're not creating some sort of drawer in your house that has, or sorry, in your work environment that has all these secret snacks in there. That's not at all what you want to be doing, okay? We want to have healthy food. Healthy food is like so much easier to do when you make it from home. So prep. Use your weekends, use your nights, prep your healthy food, get into the kitchen is what I really recommend. Okay, then we want to talk about short bursts of physical activity. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I had a friend who used to work in a, I think he worked at PwC, which is a, you know, accounting firm. And I had a friend who worked at PwC and he would Every time he would go to the bathroom, he would do 10 squats after the bathroom because he really wanted to increase his physical activity. He wanted to make sure that his blood flow was going. He was sitting all day. He was in an office and he really just wanted to counter that. And I think that's a great idea. So my question to you is based off of your day, how can you incorporate short bursts of physical activity? For me, I go to the bathroom all the time 
So I rarely sit in my chair for more than an hour at a time. I will get up, go walk, go to the bathroom, walk around the house, do different things, come back to my office almost every single hour. So that, even though that's just walking, that is actually making a big difference and it's phenomenal. The other thing you can do is like you can do a midday walk after lunch, which is great for your, again, blood sugar levels because we are now reducing the spike from whatever you ate because of the exercise. Great to get outside, all of those benefits that I already talked about, especially if you can do it with a friend or a coworker, you're getting all of the social benefits. And what we're learning is that there's actually so many health benefits that come from social connections and community. And so you get to tap into that if you go for a walk with a friend or a coworker. But I would really try to do something like that, especially if you live somewhere where it's beautiful outside and say you get an hour lunch break, eat your food for half an hour, sure. And then go walk for half an hour, like enjoy the sun, get some sun on your skin, you know, enjoy the warm weather. I. I'm jealous of you. Please do that for all of us who don't have access to that. So take your brisk walks and you can also do desk exercises. You can do stretches. You can do all sorts of things like that as well, which I think is a great idea. Other things that you can do as well during this time is like be strategic about your caffeine consumption. So making sure that you're not over-caffeinating yourself. Ideally, you're not having any caffeine after 1 p.m especially if you want to optimize your hormones and your circadian rhythm. You have to be really cautious of that because caffeine can keep you awake even at 7, 8, 9 p.m., depending on how fast you metabolize your caffeine and what else you've eaten and how much caffeine you have had. So I would recommend that. And then the last thing that you can do in terms of biohacking productivity is you can do the Pomodoro technique. Pomodoro technique is probably how you say that. So I have done this before. I haven't done it in a long time. But essentially there is a Pomodoro, essentially there is a Pomodoro technique which you put a timer on and every time that timer goes out, you do some sort of physical activity. So I think you can set it. I forget what the optimal range is. It might be 20 minutes, might be half an hour. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm forgetting what the specifics are, but you could do, I'm going to work for half an hour and then the timer goes off and then you get up from your desk for five minutes and you do jumping jacks or you do push-ups, or you do whatever you want. And there's, there's timers online that do this. So you don't have to kind of worry about keeping up with it. And it will just be in a little alarm on your computer. And then it will remind you like, Hey, now is the time to move. So sometimes we do need those external in like reminders around us to be able to do something like that. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Like I really don't. I don't think that there's anything wrong with using the tools that we need in order to be healthier. So. If you want to try something like that, I would I would definitely recommend it. Okay, now we're going to get into the evening routine. We really want to be limiting our exposure to artificial light at this time. So depending on the time of year, depending where you live and what time the sun goes down, you kind of want to wind down how much you're exposed to probably an hour before the sun goes down. So for me right now, I think it gets dark around like 5.30, 6 p.m. right now. 
So I, because that's so early, I don't have to kind of worry about this too much right now in the winter. But in the summer, when the sun sets at 10 p.m., I'm definitely, you know, aware of my artificial light way before that, especially around like 8, 9 p.m. So we want to limit our exposure to this. How do we do that? We can do that through using blue light blocking glasses and wearing those a couple of hours before we go to bed. I use the ones by Filter Optics. I will link them. These are the best blue light light blocking glasses I've ever used. They are very high quality and very chic and very fashionable, which I love. What I found when I started using blue light blocking glasses in the beginning, like a few years ago, is I found that they were very cheap and ugly, to be honest, and like things that I would never wear in public and not really designed for like from a fashion standpoint. They just simply were like pieces of plastic. They felt like they came from China and they were just like super, super cheap and they were marked up. And I've tried a lot of them. Like chances are, if you have any blue light blocking glasses, I probably tried the brand that you have. And the only ones I like are filter optics, which is why I use them. So the ones that I have are very sturdy. I will link them. They're really nice and they're red. So the lenses are red. They're not orange. They are completely red and they block out all the blue light spectrum, all of the nanometers. And this was really important to me because again, I've tried other ones where it didn't block out all of it. It only blocked out some of it. And I would say to these companies like, guys, these are great, but they don't block out enough. I don't want orange glasses. I want red glasses. So there's kind of been a bit of education, I think, around that for companies now. But these are the ones that I love and I will put them on. And so then I'm watching, if I'm watching a show, I have them on. If I'm on my phone, I have them on. You know, I block out the lights from the light in my house, you know, the lights like on the ceiling, that type of thing as well. And I also have red lights beside my bed. And these are from Amazon. I will also link them. These are phenomenal. One of the best, honestly, one of the best Amazon finds I've ever had is these little bedside table lights. And they go different colors. So they go like green, blue, red, white. And I always have them set to red. And then they also have a spectrum so you can go high or low. And these are phenomenal. So in our bedroom, it's completely red light. There are no white lights on at night. There's no big ceiling lights on, nothing, nothing that is stimulating. And you want to reduce your artificial light and your blue light because this disrupts the melatonin release in the body. Melatonin is our sleep hormone. When we see this blue light and this artificial light, we are telling our brains that, oh, it's time to be awake. The sun is up. That's where we get, that's where we naturally got our light from, right? So it's time to be awake. It's alert. And then you get people who have sleep issues, who struggle to fall asleep wake up multiple times or are restless and can't sleep properly. But we have to start with light when it comes to our evening routine. We have to start with making it dim, making it dark, only using red and using blue light blocking glasses. So I will link those products for you to take a look at. Absolutely. Now, something I talked about during the morning routine is the waking up at the same time every single day. This is equally as important as going to bed at the same time every single night. I think there is a option here for 
things to change as the seasons as the seasons change. For me, for example, I go to bed typically at 8:30. I will read for an hour, maybe 45 minutes, probably 45 minutes, and then I will go to sleep around 9:30, like lights out around 9:30. I love doing this. I find I am the most energized from this and feel the best the next day. And when I'm reading, I will <laughs> Again, it will be the red lights in the bedroom. I'm reading with my blue light blocking glasses on, even though there's only red lights, because where I live right now, there's, I'm kind of like in a city. So there's lights from the street that come through. So even though we have blue light blocking or blackout curtains, there's still some light that comes through and I don't want to see that. And so that is kind of what we do in terms of going to sleep at the same time every night just to regulate my hormones and my circadian rhythm. You also want to maintain a cold bedroom for this, okay? This is, you know, ideally between 60 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit is what a lot of people like and what a lot of the research has been based on. But you want to keep it cold and then ideally warmer in your bed. That's what I like to do. So... Back to the routine part is like, I will put these blue light blocking glasses on a couple of hours as I'm winding down, watching something on Netflix. You know, I'm not on my phone at this time. I stop going on my phone around 7 p.m. My notifications will turn off and it will go into like sleep mode. And then I will, it it starts up again, I think the next morning at 7.30. I think that's something like that. I forget what I set it to, but I have this like routine and it's available on your iPhone if you have an iPhone. It's really easy. So it just kind of limits when my notifications can come through. So I'm not bombarded and I'm not stimulated by anything. And then, yeah, I will wind down, brush my teeth, you know, maybe take a shower sometimes, that type of thing, and then read and then go to bed. Something that can really help if you're struggling with sleep is having a hot bath or sauna before bed for relaxation. I used to do this a lot growing up. And I used to do this a lot more than I currently do it. But this really does help you sleep better. That is because if you do a hot bath or a sauna, what happens is that hot temperature, that core temperature that you're increasing, and then that drop afterwards once you get out helps with the circadian rhythm and helps release melatonin. So when you think about like kids, It's actually great for kids and babies to take a warm or hot, if they're older, hot bath before bed because it's that drop in temperature from suddenly being really hot to really cold that helps them fall asleep. So I used to do that as a kid all the time, even as a teenager, even now I would do that. And I think you can get the same benefit from a sauna as well. So sauna's obviously got a ton more benefits I've talked to length about, but If you do something like that and you have that high heat and then low temperature afterwards, you would get that. Even a hot shower could do something like this as well. In terms of the other things, like you just want to avoid very stimulating activities before bed. So my thing with this is like, if you're going to work out, be really intentional and smart about the time that you're choosing to work out. I don't really work out unless it's the summer. The summer is different because I usually go to bed later and the sun is up later. I won't work out past 6 p.m. 
like today I'll probably do a Peloton ride, maybe 5.30 or so. Maybe it's 6 p.m., but like that's the last, like I'm done working out by 6.30. Like that is not, that is way too late for me because it's stimulating. So when you're workout, when you're exercising, you're releasing endorphins, which are the good hormones, good feeling hormones, but you're also releasing cortisol. And you don't really want that much cortisol at night. You want a lower amount. You want higher in the morning and lower in the evening when it comes to how much cortisol and stress hormone you have in your body. So I really recommend working out in the morning during the day, ideally before the end of the day. So that's kind of my evening routine. Anything else I do, I guess like what I sleep with is like I sleep with earplugs, a eye mask, and I will link the eye mask that I have. It's by a company called Monty. I will link it. And that is what I use. And it's a completely blackout eye mask. Let me find it. Blackout eye mask. Or is it Manta, right? Oh, Manta. Sorry. It's Manta. So I will link that. It's a 100% blackout eye mask. I got this off of Amazon again, and it's phenomenal. It is the best eye mask I have ever used, and I completely recommend it. And then I also use mouth tape. I'm kind of experimenting with different companies right now of which one I think is the best. Basically, mouth tape ensures that you breathe through your nose during your sleep and you're not being a mouth breather. There's a ton of benefits that go with that which I'm not going to get into. I'm kind of experimenting with that right now. So I don't have my like full set of things that I do. And I think that's it. Like I will wash my face if needed, but a lot of the time I will do that like hot bath or hot shower and wash my face in there. And I will use a soap at the end of the day, a very natural soap from different companies. I'm very like cognizant of the type of soap that I use. And I think that's it. Yeah, so it's, it's quite... It's quite chill. Oh, and then I guess the evening routine thing that I do with my husband relationship-wise, you know, like I said, we have that morning part of, hey, let's connect and let's kind of get on the same page. And then we have our evening routine. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. We, so we've been doing this since 2018, which is a long time. And what we do is we, (laughs) the specifics are funny. So we will kiss. We actually do four kisses. I don't know why it's four, but it it is. So again, with love languages, we're doing physical touch. And this is in bed once we've turned the lights off, okay? So we will do four kisses and then we will say compliment or appreciation or gratitude. And then each of us will thank the person or give a compliment of the person from that day. It has to be from that day. You cannot say like, Last week when you did this, I really appreciated it. No, you have that whole day to choose from. So you have to choose like, maybe you liked what they were wearing or maybe you liked that they made dinner or they cleaned up or they came over and kissed you during your work day because you were having a hard day that day or anything like that. Like they sent you a cute text message. It doesn't matter what it is. It's acknowledging the effort that they did or complimenting them. And we've been doing this for like over five years every single night. And it is really, really great for your relationship because it trains you to see the positive. It trains you to see the good and the positive things that happened that day, regardless of how hard that day might have been. 
And it just is a really healthy gratitude practice. Like you are thanking your partner for something that they did every single day. Would you do that otherwise? Like if, say your partner always does the dishes, do you always say thank you? Maybe you don't. Maybe you forget or maybe you're you're used to them doing that chore. So now you don't thank them as much. But now when you create this space and this opportunity to thank them, it just feels really, really good. And sometimes it's fun. Like sometimes it's, you know, my husband will say something that I didn't think he would say, like, or I didn't think he would notice. Like, oh, you wore your hair in this new way and I actually really liked it. But he didn't say that during the day. So I didn't think that he noticed. But then at night when we have this moment of gratitude, he says that. And I'm like, oh, wow, like you actually see me and you notice me. And that means a lot. And you like the way that I look and like stuff like that. Like it, it, it feels really good. And so it's really helpful for us. And so we will probably do that for till the end of time. <laughs> the other component that we've added to that recently, because now we have this morning routine, is we will check in with the numbers. So we'll say, okay, this morning you were a five. Where are you now? And it's funny because most of the time we don't even remember what our numbers are. So we kind of have to think about it, but we will check in and say, okay, you were a five. What are you now? And so then maybe he'll say, or I'll say like, oh, I'm a seven. Okay. So why were you a five? Now you're a seven. Well, I had a really good day at work and I got this and this done and I had a great workout. Right. So it's just like a few sentences, a few minutes, and we both do that. And then we say goodnight in three different languages. I don't know why we do that. I I just, it's just different languages that we work on and try to learn. And then we go to bed. So it's just a really healthy kind of like relationship check-in again that we have and, and communication that we, that we have. And we will, we will probably always do. I hope we always do it. Okay. Next, we are going to get into biohacking different environments. And this is probably going to be a less in detail, but I just want to give you some things to think about when we're talking about your day and what you can do. All right. Let's start with your work environment. This is going to be applicable if you're in an office, if you're at home working. This is even applicable if you're a student and maybe you have a desk in your room. I don't know. You know, there's so many, there's such a wide variety of people who listen to this show. So take this and apply it to your own life. Okay. Work environment. We really want to talk about ergonomics for good posture. So when you are sitting, and I'm assuming you have a desk job. Okay. Most of us do. If you don't have a desk job, you know, good for you. I'm sure there's a lot you can do as well. But if you're sitting even at some point during the day, maybe you're a teacher, you know, and you sit in between classes, I don't know, you can apply this. So ergonomics, you really want to think about in terms of height of basically everything. So when you're sitting on your chair, where are your knees and your legs aligned? So your knees, basically you want to be at a 90 degree angle. And I'm not an expert in this. This is kind of what I've learned. So if I'm wrong, just send me a DM and I will correct it in the next episode. But you want to be at a 90 degree angle of your knees, like your calf to your thigh. And you don't want to be sitting too high up or too low down. You want your hips to be in line with your knees. So for me, I'm tall. I'm 5'9". I have to really think about this because a lot of the time chairs are not optimized for taller people. So I 
I'm always kind of thinking about this. Then with our back, we want to be sitting up straight, obviously. You do not want to be leaning over a keyboard, leaning into like C, I probably came too close to the mic there, leaning into C, your screen, right? So if you look at your spine, it's no longer straight. It's actually on an angle because you're trying to get closer to your computer, to your screen. So what you want to do is like sit up straight, sit up with your back straight, and then you want to move your screen so that it is a arm's length away from you. So even mine's a little far right now. So I just adjusted mine just as talking. So put your arm in front of you. Is your Can you touch your screen? If you touch your screen before an arm's length, it's too close. If you have to reach to touch your screen, it's too far away, pull it closer to you. So you want an arm's length away, okay? Then for your eye height, you want your screen, your eyes to be in the middle of your screen, okay? You don't want them at the bottom. You don't want them at the top. You want them in the middle because you really want to avoid jerking your neck up or down a certain way, especially if you are jerking it up or I guess even, I guess both are bad because again, that's changing the posture of your neck. And we really want to keep a healthy neck posture. A lot of people have forward neck posture. This is actually what I have. And I am something I'm trying to work on. Same with my hips are kind of like pushed back as well. Like I I don't have the best posture from working online so much. So it's something I am working on. And you want to be really cognizant of having that forward neck posture that nobody wants and it does not look good and it impacts your how you walk your posture your jawline everything and it also leads to a lot of pain leads to neck pain and shoulder pain so be very cognizant of that and this is so you can kind of like biohack this like office work environment okay so now you have your screen that's in the middle where your eyes are you have your back that's straight you have your feet that are planted flat on the floor. You have 90 degrees at your knees. You have 90 degrees at your hips from your hips to your back. Your hips are in line with your knees. And so you are in a very straight posture. Now, the other thing you want to think about is like your keyboard and your mouse. So you want your keyboard and your mouse, again, to be straight. So what does that mean? So that means that when you're sitting at your desk and you're putting your arm on top of your desk, your wrist and your elbow should be at the same height. It shouldn't be higher. It shouldn't be lower. It should be the same height. And your elbows should be tucked in close to your body. So I would really suggest probably re-listening to this episode when you're sitting at your desk or even just this part of it so that that you can kind of play with this. There's also graphics that you can look at online that can kind of show with arrows what you should be doing. But I would really try to optimize that so that everything is at the 90 degree angles that it should be at and everything is straight and aligned and you're not causing more pressure on joints or muscles in a certain way. Things that can help with this is an exercise ball. So like right now, I'm sitting on a massive, actually it's not that massive, it's 65 inches, inches? Yes, 65 inches exercise or yoga ball. And I really like this. I just got one on Amazon. I will link it. And this is great because now I get to sit with my back straighter 
compared to just sitting in a chair. I get to hop up and down or side to side. I get to stretch out my hips and my abs as I work. And so this actually ties into the previous biohack that we had when we were talking about exercise during the day. So I can bounce up and down for 10 minutes and I'm working my core way more than I would have if I was just sitting in a regular chair. There's so many things that you can do. You can put one leg out, you can stretch it out. You can put the other leg out and stretch it out. You can, you know, there's there's different exercises you can do on the ball where you sit and you lift one leg, you put it down. You lift the other leg, put it down. And then you're kind of getting that lateral work in your abs. I think that's phenomenal. Opening up the hips, you can sit wider so that your hips are not open and you're getting more of a stretch on the inside of your legs. But there are a ton of things you can do. So I would really think about how do you want to sit in order to optimize your body functions and also like flexibility and joints. So this exercise ball is something very new that I've added and I like it a lot better than the other chair that I was sitting on. Other things that I have is a standing desk. So I have a standing desk from Ikea, very basic. And then I also have a walking treadmill. I got that on Amazon. I will link it for you. So the walking treadmill is great because this is something that you can do that is very energizing and you can do it very slow. So you can set it to like one or the lowest level, but you can be walking while you are typing up emails or whatever that you're doing. It's very, very easy. And I've used it a bunch. So I have one of these and it's something new I got a few months ago. Actually, it wasn't even that expensive. I think it was like two, $300. And it was definitely, definitely worth it. So it's a, it's like a walking pad. It's very, very basic. And then you use the standing desk with it, right? So you raise the desk, you stand on the walking treadmill and you do it. If you get one of these, start easy. Start with like half an hour a day. Work up to an hour, maybe a couple of hours a day. I think that's a great amount. And then you can kind of go from there. Okay, next is using yellow or blue light blocking glasses while you work. I have some of these. I don't use them very often, probably because the ones I have aren't good quality. They are not the filter optics ones. That's probably why. So I would recommend these, especially if you are on screens a lot. You could start using yellow glasses around, I don't know, 2, 3 p.m. I think is a great time so that you're slowly reducing how much blue light you're exposed to. And then you're switching to the red glasses later on. You're kind of mimicking the pattern of the sun. In the morning, you don't want to use these. You want the blue light. So you want the blue light from the screens. You want that to help with your circadian rhythm and your cortisol, and you don't want to block that out. Okay, next, you can install a software to help with reducing blue light exposure. So I use one called F.Lux or Flux. I just call it Flux for short. And this is software that will naturally start to dim the amount of blue light and make things tinted more yellow or more orange as the day goes on. There are different settings you can use for this. So you can have it set really strong. You can have it set really light. Again, I will link this for you. 
but that is definitely what I would use. And I like this because like around 5 p.m. or 6 p.m., like say I'm still on my computer, my screen will be orange. If I turn it off, it's like bright white. And I'm like, no, I don't want that right now. You know, I'm kind of trying to relax and like wind down from the day. So I think that is a great, great idea in terms of software that you can just install on your computer. Another biohack for your work environment that I do that I started incorporating a couple of years ago is using a left-hand mouse if you are right-handed. So I actually heard this on a podcast that Dave Asprey did a long time ago. And I bought my mouse and then I stopped using it. And then I started using it again. And now it is 100% all, it's not all natural, but I don't even think about it. So I am right-handed. I use a left-hand mouse and I got this on Amazon. Again, I will link it. But this has really helped reduce the amount of strain on my right hand. Because I work from home, because I create a lot of content online, I use my right hand as well on my phone. And my right hand and my right forearm, my right bicep, everything on my right arm is so much tighter than my left because of holding my phone, moving my thumb, typing, whatever it is. So teaching yourself to use a left-hand mouse really helps to reduce that strain. So now my left hand is working. It's doing more than it did, but it is able to do that. Like I don't have strain on my left at all, at all, because I've been using my right hand my entire life. So I would argue that it definitely takes a few months, a couple months to maybe get used to using a left-hand mouse. And you're definitely slower in the beginning. Like when you go to click something, you know, you're slower to like get the right place to click, right? Like maybe you miss a few times, but you learn very, very quickly and the brain learns very quickly. It's also very good for the brain to actually use the left-hand side or the opposite side to do something. You know, there's a ton of studies done on this and how it helps with creating new neurons in the brain and keeping the brain, you know, from becoming, I guess, aging faster. We can say that. So another thing I do for that is like brushing my teeth with my left hand. Same idea. I just use a left-hand mouse to reduce the strain and I really recommend you do as well. The one that I have is not Bluetooth because I don't have Bluetooth enabled on my computer. It is a battery and it plugs into my keyboard and then my keyboard is wired to my laptop. And then my screen, I have an extra extra larger screen is wired to my laptop. So everything is wired in my office. I do not use Bluetooth. I don't use wireless anything. My headphones are wired. Everything is wired because I don't want the EMF exposure from that. Something I've been thinking about, you know, I don't know when I'm going to do this, is I would love to wire the internet in my new house to my office so I can have a, I'm forgetting the actual term for it, but like a plug-in cord for the for the internet and not have Wi-Fi enabled all day, every day. So that is something that I, yeah, have always been thinking about. The other thing that you can also do for your work environment when you are working is to incorporate relaxing music, but a bigger biohack would be binaural beats for this. And so if you go to Spotify or even YouTube, there are a ton of binaural beats playlists. 
And binaural beats work by mimicking the frequency of your brain that's associated with that certain task or mode that you're in. So for example, if you want to focus, you can type in binaural beats focus playlist and it will come up and those frequencies that are in those sounds match the frequencies in your brain when you are focusing on something. You can do the same thing for relaxation, stress reduction. There's so many different ones, like anything like that. And so that is kind of what I do, especially when I need to do deep work and like I turn my emails off, my WhatsApp off, my messages, like no notifications, no phone, no one talk to me. Like I'm in the zone. Like right now I'm creating my course. There is a ton of deep work right now. I will put on binaural beats for focus and I'm like in a different planet working. It's phenomenal, really, really great for the brain, really great for working. And I will link my Spotify playlist that I use for this. I I didn't create it, but it is one of the most popular ones and it's really, really calming. It's really good, but it's not calming in the fact like you feel tired. It's just, it just helps you focus. Okay. That is a lot for the work environment. Now we're going to get on to how to biohack your bedroom. So I kind of said some of this already, but we want to, you know, have the optimal temperature between 60 to 70, 60 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit. And in the summer, you want to be using air conditioning or opened windows. I don't know what your situation is to really help with that. Actually, that's a really good point on top of this is like having your windows open if you can is a really good biohack for the bedroom because of those benefits that I previously talked about when we were talking about morning routine. So you're getting all that healthy bacteria in there. You're getting all those negative ions and you're flooding your room so that by the time that you go to sleep, the air in there is so much fresher and healthier for you than the stagnant air that would have been sitting in your house. I do this a lot. Like I will go in, I'll open the windows, you know, mid afternoon, and then I'll close the bedroom door so that it completely refreshes the bedroom. And I always sleep better. I always, always sleep better on the days that I do that. And I also notice my aura ring metrics are better as well in terms of more deep sleep, REM sleep, less waking up, that type of thing. Another thing for the bedroom is you really want to watch your EMF exposure. You kind of want to watch your EMF exposure everywhere you go, to be honest, but the bedroom is really important. You know, you're going to sleep for eight hours in there. That's a third of your day. And so let's just be very cognizant of how much radiation and EMF you are exposed to. I would recommend getting the Leela Quantum Tech block, Infinity block, which I've talked about, and I will link that for you. Essentially, this is a block that neutralizes all the EMF in its radius. And it has a massive, massive radius. So when I had them on my podcast episode and I was saying how I have the infinity block in my bedroom and then I have one in my office, he said, the the founder, Philip, he said, or Philippe, he said that that will actually neutralize the EMF of my entire apartment building. That's how powerful those blocks are. So I would get that and as a safety precaution for how much EMF that you are exposed to. Whether you are living in on a farm, wherever you are, like there is EMF everywhere. 
unless you're completely off grid 24 seven, which is, I doubt it because how are you listening to this podcast? I would just be cognizant of your EMF exposure. And that's why I like the Leela Quantum Tech products is because it gives me peace of mind. <laughs> In this world that we are bombarded with 5G, with everything, it gives me a peace of mind and I will easily pay for that so that I am healthier. My loved ones are healthier, people around me, everything like that. Other things that you can think about when you're you know, biohacking your bedroom is trying to keep it clutter-free. This is really good for the brain. There's been research that has shown that the less clutter we have, the healthier our environment, the lower our stress levels are. So keeping a clutter-free bedroom, I mean, think about it. It's a bedroom. Like you actually don't need that much in there. Like you sleep in there, maybe do a couple of other things. You know what I mean? But like you don't need a lot in there. And then just helping that to be a stress-free environment so that you can sleep better. And hand in hand with that goes the, goes the, (laughs) hand in hand with that go the activities that happen in your bedroom. So I avoid all work related activities. I do not work in my bedroom. I do not go in there and sit very rarely. Do I go in there and sit on my laptop and work or work on my phone? I think it's a bad idea. I think I want to keep that room sacred. And then we also do not have a TV in our bedroom. I think TVs in bedrooms are very bad ideas. I, again, we're talking about like EMF exposure, blue light, because you're likely watching it at night before you go to bed. And also the disconnect between you and your partner if you're sleeping with somebody. I, I wonder, I wonder how connected people feel to their partners if there's a TV in the bedroom. How much sex are they having? You know, how is that the relationship actually going? if you are kind of doing that every single night before you go to bed. So I would just be really, really cognizant of that. I know some people will like only be able to fall asleep if there's a TV on. I think that's problematic. I think you are, again, exposed to a bunch of EMF and radiation. I don't think you're letting your brain completely switch off and relax. And how can you, like, I just don't understand, like, how can you fully sleep if you're still being stimulated and you're half asleep? You know what I mean? Like your brain is still hearing those noises of the TV. Like that blue light, that bright light is still shining through your skin, even if your eyes are closed. So really, if that's your habit, I would really look at how you can reduce that. Even if it's starting with something like using a software like Flux on your TV or on your computer to reduce the light, going to sleep with blue light blocking glasses on while it's on, whatever it is, just being very mindful of it. Okay. And last but not least, biohacking your vehicle, your car. So a couple of things for this. Number one, let's talk about, (laughs) again, EMF exposure. I think that if you have an electric vehicle, an EV, I would be very, very cautious about this. I will not be buying an EV because I don't agree with the idea of sitting in an electrical box and driving around. I don't want the radiation, so I will never buy one. I don't agree with them. I understand some people say it's better for the environment. However, I'm personally not okay with sacrificing my health for that one car. And then also, 
the there's like people who've debunked how healthy it is for the environment evs you know so i'm kind of yeah on the fence about that part but the emf exposure definitely worries me there are a couple things you can do Leela quantum tech has a product designed for the car so i would 100% buy something like that buy something that can reduce the emf and the radiation that's coming from the very vehicle that you're sitting in you're literally sitting on a battery like I just can't with EVs. I just can't like, but if you do have one, you're sitting on a battery. So you need to do something about it. So please get the Lila Quantum Tech car product, vehicle product. It's on their website. I will link it for you. And also if you buy any of their stuff, use my discount code so that you can save. I will put it in the show notes. It's also on my website. So you can do that. And then if you have a regular car, you can do, you can also have that in there. I don't think it's needed. Like I personally don't have anything that's EMF blocking in my car because it's not really needed, but we will also never have the Bluetooth turned on in my car. So even though my car can connect to Bluetooth and you can connect your phone to it, we will use a wire. So I'll use like a charging cable. I'll plug my phone into the car and that's how we will use any sort of maps or Spotify or anything like that. You know, you're still exposed to obviously that cellular data connection. So maybe it is worth actually getting some sort of EMF blocking tool in the car. Something else you can do for the car, I think, which is really nice, is like essential oil diffuser. There's a ton now that are designed for the car. I think this is a really smart idea. You can add different essential oils that you like and get that aromatherapy, which can be very relaxing. If I was somebody who had to commute to an office every single day, I would 100% get one of these. I will link the one that I like on Amazon that I've seen that just makes sense. You know, there's different ways that they can plug in. Again, we don't want to do anything with Bluetooth. And so you plug it in, add the essential oils, and now your car smells like, you know, oranges or, I don't know, hibiscus or, I don't know, whatever, all the different trees. I'm blanking, but there's so many, or sage and that type of thing. Like there's so many different ones that you can get. And I think that is a smart way to do that. Again, keep in mind the posture that you're having in your car when you are driving. Uh, Make sure that it is aligned with your body. And then on road trips, make sure you are stopping, pulling over the car, stretching every couple of hours, moving your body, because we really just want to be moving the body more in general. Okay. This was a lot. I feel like I gave you, I hope I gave you a lot to think about a lot of ideas from biohacking your morning routine to your midday to your evening routine, your work environment, your bedroom, and your car. All of the things I talked about will be linked in the show notes so that you can easily find it right now, like on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. You can just scroll down and see all the links and click right there. You don't have to leave your phone. You can also go to my website. My show notes are on my website. They're in a blog format. So you can send that link to somebody else. You can bookmark it. You can save it for another day, which I really, really recommend. And I hope this just gave you inspiration for how you can level up your day. Like how can we optimize these different environments, these different parts of our day? I love listening to podcast episodes like this and I know a lot of people do as well. So that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Okay. I will catch you on Friday for another episode. And thank you for listening. If you have any feedback or if you have any questions, please send me a message on Instagram and follow me at biohackingbrittany. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.